everybody. Welcome to Attitudes with Andy. This is the place where we get to chat with inspiring individuals who are making a difference in their field. Today, I am thrilled to introduce our guest, Katie Martin, a true powerhouse in the health and fitness industry. Katie is genuinely one of the most disciplined humans I have ever met. Her ambitious and love for health shines through in all that she does. So let me list some of the incredible things she's doing and has done. Katie is a personal trainer, author, entrepreneur, and trainer on the app Sweat by Kayla it's no. It's Enos. Damn it. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. <laughs> I was really practicing before. <laughs> okay, noted. Uh, Katie follows a disciplined approach to fitness and nutrition, which not only helps her stay in shape, but also fuels her drive and energy for all her endeavors. As a personal trainer, Katie brings a caring and compassionate touch to her work. She is passionate about helping her clients cultivate healthy habits that improve not only their physical health, but also their mental and emotional well-being. Katie is also a trainer on the popular fitness app Sweat by Kayla, which, where she inspires and motivates people all around the world to achieve their fitness goals. In addition to her work as a personal trainer, the list just keeps going on, guys. Katie is also an accomplished author, having written the popular book series, The Kitchen Series. Her practical tips and nutritious recipes make healthy eating accessible and enjoyable for everyone. Through KFIT, her luxury activewear brand, Katie has created clothing that is both functional and stylish. Her her attention to detail and commitment to quality are evident in every piece of clothing, ensuring that her clients feel comfortable and confident while working towards their fitness goal. Am I okay? No, you're doing well. You're doing really well. (laughs) I'm so excited to have Katie with us today to share her inspiring journey and insights into the health and fitness industry. We're talking all things discipline, building a business, painting healthy habits and so much more so grab a cup of coffee or tea get cozy and enjoy us for this engaging conversation with a truly remarkable woman welcome katie thank you so much wow what an intro i'm loving that i've got to do a few pitches for some different things later this week so i'm thinking i might just grab some of those top points off it. yeah can you send me that there will be horrific spelling and grammar though i love it good great the more the better. But thank you for making the trip down. Oh, thank you for having me. I love I love the Gold Coast. Any excuse to come down. It it's a vibe. We're a vibe here. Mm. Everyone's so happy. So happy and yeah. so active. Not that yeah. Brisbane's not, but even more so. Yeah, Gold Coast takes it up a level. It really does. It's like if you're not up at five AM going for a hot girl walk, what are you doing? Oh, you've missed your day. <laughs> Start again. Go back to bed, try again tomorrow. <laughs> Literally. So, I have been following you on Instagram since 2017. No way. Yeah. That was first year I was out of school. Yeah. So, I have seen you go wow. through all of that. All of that. And what a joke. All of that. And I, I was telling my housemate today, I was like, I'm so excited because I know so much about her. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, you've definitely seen all my businesses and different hobbies and different stages of my life really take off because I think, yeah, if you've seen it from 2017 to now, you've really seen all of it, not just the last few months, which is really exciting. Yeah, 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 100%. I haven't just seen like the hyper success. I've seen you 
building and grinding. And yep. let me say, like, I truly mean it when you are one of the most disciplined people I've ever met because I have seen you constantly show up and constantly have your healthy habits. It's not just for, like, the gram or whatever. Like, it's it's very genuine. So I love that. Oh, thank you. No, that's that's something I – um. Something I really try and instill in obviously not only my own lifestyle but my clients and those people that I have direct contact with daily because it really is about building a sustainable lifestyle and I never think about, not never, but very rarely think about how one workout or one meal is going to impact right now. It's how is this going to add to what I'm trying to achieve which is longevity, great health, feeling great, all those sorts of things. Um, so yeah, it's 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 all about the long game, which I think on a day to day level makes decisions a lot easier. Mm, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you're not just like thirty day challenge. No, I actually don't think I've ever completed a gym challenge. Wow. Like I've never gone. I've actually, fun fact, I have never had a gym membership. Wait, what? Ever? What do you mean by that? I've never had a gym membership. But where do you work out? Well, I've always worked out in the gyms that I work in or my own gym in my apartment building. But yeah, I've never had a gym membership. Wow, you must save a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I've, yeah, I've always had access to gyms, yeah, that I've worked in. So it's. That's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because everyone's like, oh, where, you know, where do you train and what do you do? And I sit down and I feel like a fraud. <laughs> You're like, well, actually. Well, actually. But, yeah, I think predominantly doing weights, um, I can train my clients where obviously – sorry, where I train my clients is where I can also then do my weights either before clients or after or in between sessions. So there's never really been a need for a membership. Yeah, makes sense. Very it's practical. Very, yeah, it's very practical. There's a fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. You wouldn't pick it from a personal <laughs> trainer that has no, you never wouldn't. had a gym membership. You wouldn't. Okay, so I would love to kind of backtrack mm. and um and kind of know what was it maybe in your childhood or, you know, in your school years that has built like your foundations for discipline? Because I feel like have you always had that or did you kind of learn it and did someone teach it to you? I would say it's something I've always had. I am so fortunate now as an adult to look back on that and realise it was something I never had to learn. I, as a kid, thought it was completely normal that your morning routine at the age of eight years old was wake up, brush your teeth, go for a run and then start your day. I remember remember begging my dad to take me for a run to the letterbox, which was a kilometre from our house just through this suburban streets of where I grew up and it was a one kilometer jog to the letterbox and a one kilometer jog home and it was two k's obviously and I just thought that I was running a marathon but it was the best and I would put on my mum's Lorna Jane sports bra and shorts and she used to bulldog clip them up on me at the back so I could wear some active wear and there I was running with my dad and it was just something that was instilled in my siblings and I from a very young age that you get up, you are fortunate enough to have two arms, two legs, a healthy heartbeat. You use that. You don't complain about that. It's not a chore. It's a gift and you use it. And I'm so, so, so lucky that I never had to learn how to do that. So to wake up and exercise every day at some point throughout the day or move my body in some way is a safe kind of feeling for me. It's a, it's a homely feeling. 
it's not something that puts me out of my comfort zone. Yes, challenging myself to now train for a marathon or set new goals in the gym. Sure, it's a challenge, but at some deeper level, it feels homely and a safe place. So yes, to answer your question, I've always had that level of discipline and it was just how we were raised. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Mm. And so when you're training your clients, um, yes. fun fact guys, I was a PT for a hot minute. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> do you remember when we were in the gym together? I, I do. Like, <laughs> I do. I do. I still let you in the door. Yes. yes. <laughs> Didn't have the key card. Um, so I, I thought, you know, let's try that route, which I, it was fun. But then what I struggled with was like the clients will come and do the session, but what they won't do around the clock is like, mm you know, their steps and eating well and stuff. And they think that like they can just rock up for one session and then job's done. Yeah. Bing, bang, you know. So how do you go about uh, helping your clients kind of implement the the habits outside of that and stay disciplined? Because that was something I really struggled to help clients with because I'd be like, but like, I don't get it. Can't you just do it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's taking a step back and I think first of all, realizing that, for the most part, clients are coming to you because they obviously struggle in that area. And if they were disciplined all the time, there's a chance they wouldn't need a personal trainer. I suggest to all my clients that even when they come and see me and they're ready to rumble, they're ready to rip in, they're ready to make all the changes in their life and they're going to get fit. I tell them no. I say, just stop. All I want you to focus on for the first month is coming up, coming to these sessions, turning up on time, giving it your all and then going home. And that's all I really want you to focus on. Maybe I might take, give them a few take home tips of a few more glasses of water, you know, just general health kind of tips. But what we really try and focus on is that over a year to 18 months, we start to add small little changes over time, over large periods of time. So it really builds that lifestyle. Like I talked about earlier, building that whole lifestyle approach. If you try and change anyone's habits, no matter what area it's in, whether it's health and fitness or something else, and you try and change it instantly overnight, it's not going to stick. It's not going to last. And in turn, they're actually going to start to resent going to the gym, making healthy choices, making a change in their life because they start to negatively associate it with that time that they couldn't do something. And it's really demotivating. If they give it a go, they go really hard for two weeks and then they can't obviously they can't sustain it it's not normal to them it's not natural to them it would it it would be the same as someone saying to me Katie why don't you have a bottle of wine every night for two weeks and see how you go and you might really enjoy it yeah maybe for a week or so be okay but my body is not used to that so it would shut down the same way someone's body is not used to making such big changes instantly so to keep them To answer your question, it would be break it down into much, much, much smaller chunks and actually tell them to make their goals way more realistic because it's when they set themselves up for failure, they set themselves up with these hectic goals, they're not going to be able to achieve them. I love the idea and I love the energy and I love that they are wanting to make a change and not taking that away from them, but it's making it super, super realistic goals because then if they can achieve those goals, which they should be able to, it's a tick. It's a okay, I can do this. And then they're feeling that much more confident to take on the next goal and the next task. And that way in turn, it starts to build that momentum and they can keep it going. Because I agree with you, it's really hard when people turn up and they think that the only thing that is going to change their health is coming to these sessions. And then outside of that, it doesn't matter. 
the other side of that is that some people, all they want is those sessions. And I've had to learn that. I've had to learn to let go of trying to make them these optimal, perfect, healthy people. Sometimes they just want to show up and tick that box. And as hard as it is, you sometimes have to realize that it's not necessarily our place or, you know, they'll make that change when they're ready. But just being a support for them, for them to come to those sessions, maybe in this season of their life, is just enough. So I think there's two sides to that, making it manageable and really small, achievable goals, but also realizing some people just aren't quite ready to take it beyond the gym yet. Mm, But you as a trainer have to let go. Yeah. And you want so much for them. Mm. And I get so invested in my clients, but I'd realize I'd be the one up at nine o'clock at night pulling my hair out so upset. And I've actually had to break up with a client before because I wanted it more than they did. And I found it was really impacting me. And they weren't ready to make changes yet. So you have to learn to let go. It's kind of like a toxic relationship. <laughs> You're like, God, why do I care so much? Yeah. And I also feel like like you clearly are a very ambitious person mm. and I'm ambitious too. And even if it's not in the areas of like PTing, but just like people in their general life, I'm like, but don't you want to like do this and this and this? And people are like, I'm good just chilling and I'm like can't relate but now I've really yeah. learned to be like no but that's actually what makes them happy like, it's yeah okay. and, and it's hard I've I've always sat there and thought you know why, why don't people want to get up <laughs> at 4am and why don't they want to do x y and z and the same way that I don't want to do things that they're doing mm. and that is totally fine mm. you know whatever whatever gets them up in the morning and whatever helps them sleep at night that's that's their life and that's up to them yeah I'm here to help and assist and educate and do all those things, but only if they want it and only if they're ready. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's really good that you incorporate the habits slowly because mm. totally we all want to just send it and yep. completely change and be that girl or that guy yeah. and have all the habits, but it's like it's really unsexy. You have to just add yep. it in slowly. You have to do it slowly, but that's – honest. It, it's really how you build long-term sustainable goals – and actually achieve those goals and not only tick it off for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but actually make it something that you don't even have to consciously think about Mm. that you just get up and you just do exercise and you do put a salad with each meal or you do incorporate your veggies throughout the day. It's no longer a, Oh, okay. What are those five things my trainer told me to do today? Da, 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 da. Have I done them? It's just, Oh, it happens. I don't even think about that anymore. I just do it. And I think that's the goal because then you can spend your other free time with your brain doing all lots of fun things and whatever else. You're not constantly fixating on trying to hit these goals every day. It just becomes a part of your day. Mm, So true. Mm. Okay. So I'd love to talk about building your business. Sure. Uh, Your personal training business. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, a a few around there. Too many. Uh, (laughs) You're like, how do I have the time? So... When you left school, that was when you first started your PT business, which was originally called KFIT? Yes. So I did my personal training course when I was at school. I started working in the industry when I was in school, halfway through grade 12. And I worked for a class-based gym that also did some PT as well. And I did that before and after school, massive hours, loved it, thought I was going to stay there and open up more gym spaces with them. April, or sorry, March of 2017, so this was my first year out of school, I just had this moment where I realised either I can sit here and keep help building someone else's dream, which is totally fine, 
or I can take the risk and go build my own dream. At this point, I was 17. I was living at home. I didn't have a family. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a mortgage. I had no responsibility except for myself. So I thought this is the perfect time. If I'm going to take, you know, a leap of faith, God help me, I was 17. It wasn't a leap of faith. But, you know, at the <laughs> I'm t- sure at the moment. At the like, time, oh. it was the biggest decision I've ever made. And I'm obviously so grateful I did. And, yeah, I took I quit at the end of March, gave myself a month. And on April 1st, 2017, I launched my personal training business, which was at the time called Cake Fit. Um, I was super naive. I thought I was going to be doing these group fitness classes in a park. There would be zero overheads except for initially buying equipment and insurance and just like a few other small things. But I would have, you know, I'm doing the numbers in my head thinking I'm going to have 20 people at $20 a head, five sessions a week. Oh, my gosh. Why isn't everybody doing this? It just makes sense. Picture me turning up, I'd say, 90% of the sessions, not a single person would show up. I would wait, I would get to the park at 6 a.m. Sorry, 5.30 a.m., unpack all the equipment and set up the session by 5.45 a.m., wait for people to show up to start at 6 and I think my mum would show up. No, my mum would definitely show up, not think. She was there. She'd be the only one that would show up sometimes. Saturdays were quite busy, but during the week it wasn't. And she'd look at me and say, coffee? And we'd pack up all my equipment and we'd go sit at a coffee shop. And I did that for probably about six months. And I was just so determined. And April, depending where you're watching in the world, but April is when in Australia or in Brisbane we start to get a bit colder. We're entering winter. Like there was a few things against me in that sense and it was outdoors and it was a bit rainy. It wasn't the most exciting environment to start working out in. But I was so determined. And again, because I didn't have much, you know, to lose, I just was just kept going, kept going, kept going. And at the time I started to do a few one-on-one sessions with a few other clients and It was at this time that I actually realized regardless of the money, regardless of how much, you know, it adds up on a spreadsheet, I loved doing one-on-one sessions. I Mm. love being able to sit with someone and go, okay, you've just had a kid and you've got a separation in your abs and we're going to work on that before we can start to get you back moving with, you know, your bigger movements like your squats or your deadlifts or whatever. And or maybe they've got a knee pain or a niggle or whatever it was, I could give them the time and attention that they needed. I could sit there and really talk to them about all their lifestyle choices and how that influenced their results, i.e. smoking, drinking, sleeping, stress management, diet. And I realized from a very young age that being healthy was so much more than exercise. If anything, I would put exercise towards the bottom of the list when we look at different pillars of health. So being able to sit with my clients and go through all those things and give them that one-on-one time was invaluable. And I got so much joy out of that myself. And I'm definitely someone that I love helping people to the nth degree, almost, you know, to my own detriment. But that's where my business really started to take off. And then I had that one client that I did a before and after. She just had a baby and we did this like post baby body comeback. And also a little disclaimer, I don't do those anymore. And I just think this was just me in 2017 and that's where the industry was yeah. at. This is and the journey. Said, yeah, yep. this is yeah, the journey. Yeah, yeah. We live and we learn. We live we? and we learn. <laughs> I don't endorse this anymore. Yep. But we did a before and after and, you know, she felt so much more confident and really felt like she was back to her normal self. And I put this photo up and it went gangbusters. And it went gangbusters. No, it really did gangbusters. <laughs> yeah, my 80. 
A little bit. We've got a grandma on the We've podcast. We've got a grandma on the podcast. Sorry, guys. Um, it went nuts. And all of her friends were calling saying, I want you to come to me. And at the time, I was mobile. And that was my whole point of difference, that I would go to my clients' houses. And so they didn't have to come to me. There was no travel time. If they had children, which most of them did, they could be at home too. And I fell into this really niche market of pre- and postnatal training. Um training women that may have had three kids and the youngest is now six and they just never really got back into it or going taking their kids to a creche was hard and they just never got back into training and were really lacking that confidence that so many of us derive from fitness. Um, and I fell into this, yeah, really niche market and I loved it and I loved chatting to all these incredible women and talking about their birth stories and all the ups and downs of motherhood. And it was it was just incredible. And then I, I still trained a few men, often the husbands of the wives, because, you know, these wives started getting super fit and healthy again and their husbands weren't. So they jumped on board and it was fantastic. And I was mobile. And that was me from 2017. I also stopped doing those group sessions because I realized they just weren't actually making me happy. And I fully had to let go of my ego and admit to the fact that that was, com- uh, it was a failure. It didn't work. It did work for a little bit, but it, it was okay. I learned so, a lot from it. So no one ever really joined them properly. The Saturdays I'd have probably fifteen people show up. So Saturdays were busy. Fifteen to twenty people. They pumped. They were heaps of fun. But during the week, not really. Like some, you'd sporadically have ten people, and then you'd have none, and it was just all over the place. And it also was taking up so much time that I then couldn't be with a client that I knew wanted the time and wanted to show up. Um, so yeah, I ditched the group sessions. Learned a lot, but yeah, realized that my passion really lay in one-on-one to two-on-one training. And then, so that was me from 2017 until towards the end of, middle to end of 2019 when I had guy, you know, Tristan, reach out to me and he messaged me and said, hi, I, we haven't met before, but I've been speaking to a few people and I heard you're quite a popular PT and you train a lot of women around and men around the area of Fortitude Valley. I am looking for some more trainers to come into my gym. Would you be interested to catch up for a coffee and chat? And I thought at the time, you know, I've spent three years building up my business and my name and my reputation and my whole point of difference is that I travel to people. Um, Why would I go now work for someone else? And that was the whole reason why I left the first gym because I didn't want to work for someone else. Anyway, I thought just go to this coffee. The worst thing is you spend 30 minutes talking to someone that's in the health and fitness industry anyway and that sounded like a pretty good end result if yeah. that was the worst case yeah long story short I started working in the gym I was working as my own business he just needed someone to help contribute to the rent I brought all my clients in there and my business I would say this is another huge milestone for my business was when I could cut out travel time I wasn't weather dependent I could go back to back with clients and I was doing stupid numbers like it was I was how old was I I would have been just uh, I would have yeah, I would have just turned 20 and I was doing 15, 16 sessions a day. Holy. Yeah, like big numbers. But I was single. I had very minimal social life. I didn't, yeah, I didn't go out that much. My whole day, my whole week, my whole life at that point revolved around how early can I go to sleep so I can wake up at 4 a.m. to then train clients back to back from 5 a.m. until 1 p.m. to go home, eat potentially exercise I my exercise at that point was very minimal eat sleep get back to emails reply to clients to go back to work from four until nine o'clock that night 
And thankfully at the time I lived 100 metres away so I could drag my sore, sad little body home. I wasn't sad but I was exhausted because you just take on so much as a trainer throughout the day. And, you know, client one expects – sorry, client 16 expects the exact same as the energy that you gave client one. They don't care how many people you've seen throughout the day. They don't care that, you know, you may have had another client ball their eyes out or you – got yelled at by someone else or whatever it is, they're turning up for their session. They're turning up to be motivated, to be listened to, all these sort of things. So at nine o'clock at night, I had to have the same energy as 5 a.m. in the morning. And it was amazing, but I was burnt out and there was no room for error. I remember used to being literally angry at my friends if they'd even asked to catch up during the week. Mm. I said, don't think what do you mean? Like, don't you know that I am working and how dare you even suggest that I compromise my sleep or I compromise, you know, one of my clients times or anything like that. Yes. My business was absolutely booming and I was making a ridiculous amount of money for someone my age doing what I was doing that didn't have to go to uni or get, you know, tertiary education, that sort of thing. Um, but there was, you know, the trade off it's, you know, what's the point? kind of thing so that was me through 20 2019 and then beginning of 2020 COVID hit and were you low-key relieved when COVID hit so you could have a breather it was because <laughs> that sounds yes cool. to to an extent but then COVID and I tread very lightly on this topic because it it was a devastating time for a lot of people mm. 2020 was the biggest year my business ever did as oh. a personal trainer Oh, in COVID. I know. And I don't – it was purely because I was still one-on-one. I could go stand in a park and we were, you were allowed to social distance mm. and train people one-on-one. And this is obviously dependent on where you were in the world and even in our state. It varied states to states um, in Australia. But I could stand in a park with a one-on-one client and train them from a meter. Was it a meter? Is yeah, that social distancing? Meter and a half? Yeah. Whatever it was, I forgot now. <laughs> it um, was legal. It was le- it was legal. <laughs> is all I'm saying. And I would train people. And because people couldn't travel, they couldn't go. A lot of people couldn't go into work. People's mental health was deteriorating ridiculously, and it was mm. so sad. But the one thing people could do was come see, still see me as a trainer. I picked up so many clients that their group fitness gyms had shut down or their trainers weren't working anymore for whatever reason. So I was working and I think because I had this, and like a lot of people had this mentality of when is this going to end? I was always fearful that at some point everything was going to get shut down. So I thought while I can still make money, while I can still work, work as much as you can. How dare you be ungrateful? Some people are losing, a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people are struggling if you have the choice to work, you work your butt off. So I was working Monday to Sunday now, like taking sessions whenever, wherever people message me saying, I'm desperate for a session. Can I please come train? And yes, we were moving our bodies physically, but the tears that were coming through the door, the stories about their home lives and their kids being at home and people learning to become teachers for their four children that were now at home having to do homeschooling and anyway that's a whole other thing but so COVID was a really big year for me and then 2021 we were back in the gym and that was working and then now 2022 2023 I've had to take a big kind of step back almost and and I wanted to I knew that that kind of lifestyle and working like that is totally unsustainable and I wasn't happy 
I, I wasn't sad, but it wasn't. It wasn't making me feel alive. It was making me feel like a corpse of a human at the end of the day. And it was kind of like, what's the point of serving all these people if you can't even look after yourself? I felt like such a hypocrite. I was hardly training. I was eating really well, but it was just like eat whenever, wherever. Just keep your body going. And it was not sustainable. So I'm in a much better place now, much more balanced kind of place. But I feel like you kind of honor those seasons as well with work. It's... The same way that I worked full-time hours when I was in grade 12 and I pulled those hours during COVID and all those sorts of things you do because at the time that was the right thing to do. Mm. So that's kind of my business as a whole. But now I PT five people a day and it's so nice and I have such a great relationship with every single one of my clients. I would have them to my house for dinner and we catch up regularly and chat regularly beyond our personal training sessions. So that's... My PT story. Holy. Yeah. There is so much behind that. First mm. of all, I would just like to say you are so brave for when you first started doing six months of those group trainings where yeah. like no one would show because people would do that once. And if like, I feel like a lot of people, if they tried to do that and one time no one rocked up, they would be like, oh my God never again that feels horrible Mm. maybe they'd give it two shots three at the max and then they'd stop you did that every single week for six months yeah and I would I would I don't know what it was I had this bulletproof confidence about myself and I, I I had an incredible family I really and I still do they're incredibly supportive and they would tell me every day that no you just have to keep persevering you just have to you're really good at what you do you're a very good trainer. You just just keep going. And that was super important that I had people behind me that backed me. I truly believe you only need one person in your corner. But that was one part of it. I think the other part of it was that I just, yeah, I had this ridiculous bulletproof confidence about myself. And I remember when I started my business, <laughs> shout out to anybody that received one of these calls. I would cold call people through my <laughs> phone book. I would sit there and go through my contact list and call them and say, and there'd be people that I went to high school with, my parents' friends, just literally A to Z, whoever came up, I would call them and say, hey, did you know that I've started personal training? I do X, Y, and Z on these days. I also do one-on-ones, not so salesy, but I was just kind of chatting about what I was doing. I said, look, I'd love you to come to a session. Absolutely no strings. I just want you to know. And the amount of response that had, the amount of people that said, yeah, I'd love to do a one-on-one session or I'd come down to a group. So I think that was somewhat motivating. But yeah, looking back on it, I just had this ridiculous bulletproof confidence about myself. Not even about myself, but about the service I could offer to people. That's what it was. It wasn't even about myself. It was about the service I could offer for people. And I just thought, you just need to come to a session. You just need to be trained by me and you'll see. That's powerful. But yeah, it, it, it is it, I think I look back on it and I think so many yeah you're right it's it would take a unique kind of situation or person to persevere through that because it was super demotivating I can imagine but you just gotta have your mum or whoever someone your dad your brother your sibling your friend just be like no you've got it this is great come on let's just go get coffee and it was just okay all right but yeah. again I was 17 I had no responsibilities. I had no obligations. So I think now or, you know, in the future, if if I were to do something like that, you know, you've got rent to pay, you've got bills to pay. It's a different kind of pressure and you kind of have to think a bit 
smarter. You don't really have that kind of luxury of giving up three mornings a week to make no money, if not actually cost yourself money and fuel and all that. So <laughs> yeah. I think it also worked because, yeah, I was very young and living at home and didn't have bills to pay. Yeah. No, but don't don't uh, put that. <laughs> no, but, you know, it, 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 it's totally different. And if I was to start something now, and I'm sure we'll touch on my active wear or maybe, you know, whatever – there's a reason why I had to stop with that and I couldn't keep pouring money into that because, you know, I have bills to pay. I have to be smarter in business. Um, long story short, we'll just jump across that really quick, but I started my activewear company. I loved it. I was super passionate about it. I started that prior to COVID hitting. I went into the sampling and design process before COVID. You um, lock in shipping rates and all those sorts of things and – as the business unfolded, shipping kept getting higher and higher and higher. Um, and it was completely – I could still do it, but it wasn't smart business. And I remember sitting down having to think, okay, if I put this amount of money into another business or just didn't spend it or saved it, would that serve me better? Would that be smarter business? And the answer was yes. So at that point in time, I decided, okay, I'm no longer going to manufacture clothes. Right now, I'm not – there's no plans to do anything more. Is that just, I would never say, you know, definitely that that's the plan, but at the moment that's the plan. And I just had to realize that, yeah, as you do get older and you have other goals and other ambitions and, you know, you need to make smarter decisions. So I think, yeah, 17 year old me had the luxury of turning up and doing that. But would I do that now? Probably not. But I'm glad I did. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. 100%. It got to where you are now. Yeah. 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 Because it's so easy for people to like maybe click on your page and be like, oh, she's a sweat trainer. Like, mm. oh, she just has it so easy. Like, oh, they just handed it. It's like, oh, you have no idea. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm glad you followed me for so long and you would see that. But I would, yeah, I. it takes, I think, a very specific kind of person to want to wake up. I mean, at one stage, I was waking up in threes to then be able to no, train I remember and exercise. That. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Katie, come I'd on. wake up at three, <laughs> get to the gym at 3.30, train till 4.30 to be at work by five. That's cooked. And then work till nine o'clock that night with clients. And, you know, again, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it hasn't just been this glamorous road of, oh, I've worked out of the Kalal Hotel and now I work with Kayla and Sweat and I just do this and that and I, you know, gallivant around. It's worked I did ridiculous hours um I still kind of do do ridiculous hours that's nature of the business but you know you don't just get somewhere out of nowhere yeah so when you're working your what 16 clients a day yeah five days a week yeah five days a week 16 Fridays would be probably a little bit less because I didn't work Friday afternoons, but then I would also then do group sessions on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I remember seeing that. The yeah. boxing sessions. Yeah, the yeah. boxing there sessions. There you go, guys. I'm a little follower. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so when you were during that period of your life, were there ever moments where you were like, fuck this, like why am I doing this? Like where does this ambition and this drive come from? Because that is an intense amount of work. Mm. And again, I think a lot of people would throw the towel in and be like, oh, this is really difficult. I think at that point, like I said earlier, I was single. I didn't have a crazy social life outside of it. So I just really used I, – I, I had – and I still – I've worked on it a lot, but I had this serious guilt if I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. If I was sitting at home, if it was anything – if I went to work and saw my first client after 
6.30 in the morning, I thought I'd failed on the day and that I was lazy and incompetent. And it was something I've really had to work on. And I definitely don't think that way anymore. But I think I just, if there was any free time, I thought, how could I be capitalizing on this? And I just always had this mentality of, you know, don't be lazy don't take it for granted that you have people that want to train f- with you. And I and I really, truly, at the core of it all, believed in helping people and my service. And if someone messaged or emailed in saying, I'd like to train with you, I would find some ridiculous hour. I would pull time out of thin air to see them because I hated saying no. And I hated Ooh. the idea of someone not being able to take control of their health or not be able to have the resources or the knowledge to make themselves healthier. I think at the core, that's what it really was, coupled with the fact that I had this inability to switch off. Mm. So it was a bit of both. But when we talk about, you know, when we talk about was there, what was what was driving you or these ridiculous hours, this funny thing, I remember thinking to myself when I first started as a PT, you know, when you're this booked out trainer and you don't have space for people and you're in demand and da-da-da-da-da, you'll feel like you've killed it. Like you're at the peak of your business. And I remember getting, it was probably just before COVID hit, so end of 2021, I was, maybe it was actually the end of 2020 when gyms opened back up. Anyway, I can't, I feel like that time was an absolute blur for me. Um. I was a booked out trainer. I was operating in arguably one of the most aesthetically beautiful gyms in the Kalal Hotel in the country. I had incredible clients. I had a wait list of people. You know, all the things were going for me. And I just, if you told 16 or 17 year old myself this, I would have thought, oh my God, you're killing it. Like that is just the best thing ever. I've never felt less satisfied in my life. I've never felt less happy for myself I I thought when I get to that point that streamers and balloons would go off and you know there'd be trumpets and the red carpet and you've made it and I realized in that point and it, and it was such a pivotal point for me and where things really changed that no matter how much money or how many clients or how successful my, things might seem or be that doesn't translate into happiness and that doesn't translate into a deep-rooted sense of satisfaction what does make me really really satisfied at my core is a text from someone saying thank you so much for that session today I really needed that that for me will bring me to tears and even if I didn't see one other client that week I just saw that one person that is more than enough for me so churning and burning and doing all these massive hours did nothing for me like yeah sure I was helping a lot of people and I was seeing a lot of people but this idea that you know if I earn x amount or if I'm doing this or wearing that or whatever it means nothing sure it helps but I realized that I'd lost touch of why I started what I was doing why like what got me out of bed in the morning and yeah Anyway, it was it, that for me was one of the most eye-opening experiences, and I don't. I think if someone told me that, that's how I would have felt. I was no, you're wrong. Like that's not. No, I'm going to feel amazing. I'm going to feel great. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I was, I was stoked for myself. I was really, really proud of myself that I got my business to that point. But I realized that that just was not the be all and end all. Mm. So now, do you think? Do you feel you've come back a lot more to your roots and, and your original why? Are you feeling fulfilled now? Yeah, super fulfilled. Like 
probably the most fulfilled I've felt. And I've also got a lot more balance to do things outside of work. I realised that, yeah, also working all the time, even though I loved it. And I think that was a tricky thing with my job was that I turned what was once a hobby into my job. Mm. You kind of lose that outlet, that your own outlet. And, yeah, sure, going for a run makes me feel better, but it was still work at the core. Um, but yeah, I feel super fulfilled now and I definitely feel like I've done a really big reevaluation of what makes me happy. What do I put my time and effort into now? And yeah, I've genuinely never felt happier. I'm more fulfilled than I do now. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm so glad <laughs> to hear you. that. I think, uh, if, yeah, if you listen to a lot of podcasts with like successful people, they'll all talk about similar experiences like that mm. where they think like, oh, I thought when I made X amount of money yeah. or when my business was, a, you know, a certain IPO or yeah. whatever, like you think you're going to feel fulfilled and then you're suddenly like, oh, the numbers don't make a dent. No, it's not at more all. like It seems like you're like, as long as I'm having positive impact, that's what matters and it doesn't yeah. matter about having it on like a – yeah. Huge, large scale. No, and I remember just sitting in my apartment by myself on a Wednesday night doing my bookkeeping for the week and just thinking, okay, like, uh, okay, cool. Did that scare you? It No, it didn't, it didn't scare me because I wasn't in a bad – like, it, it wasn't like my business was, you know, draining me of money or, like, you know, it was a bad thing. It, it was a good thing. It, it was just a bit of a – it was a really eye-opening experience. It's all I would say it was. Like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't anything. It was just, yeah, it was It was really interesting. And I think it, it, was, it took a lot for me to kind of just sit there with my own thoughts, my own feelings, and, yeah, use that feeling to kind of change what was happening in the moment and also put steps in place for what I wanted to achieve in the future, knowing also that what I was doing was fully unsustainable and super unsociable. Yeah. So now what does an average like day slash week look like for you? Oh, I love these I'm sure it's all different. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it does vary slightly, but the normal routine is getting up at 4.45, 4 or 4.45, first client starting between 5 and 5.45, and then I'll do clients back to back until roughly 9, 10 a.m., again, depending on the day, and then I will more – like usually at this time I'll go exercise, so that might be a run or going to the gym. It's what one about or the, the other. Heat for the run, or is that good practice? No. So Monday to Friday, my runs I can they're all interval or heart rate based ones. So I'll do them in the um on a treadmill in a gym. Oh, okay. but it is starting to cool down now. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, usually in the gym and the treadmill because it's yeah it is too hot, and then I'll have lunch, and then pretty much from one p.m. onwards or twelve one p.m. onwards, I then do emails I do fun things like podcasts I work on stuff with sweat I just do all the in-between admin stuff whether I have deliverables for some brands that I'm working with and then I do try now also operate on a more normal workday hours kind of thing so I will make sure that if I have content going out that night which most nights I do I will have that content posted between 5 and 5 30 I will engage on my con content for the next half hour until 5.36 and then come 6 p.m. I'm phone off, not off, but off social media in a work sense. Yeah, I will – I fortunately have a sauna in the building that I live in, so I'll more often than not go up to the sauna, sit there have or have dinner and then I like to eat dinner at about 6.37. I'm in bed then by about 
9 30, 10 o'clock. I go to bed way too late. <gasps> I know, I know. The day seems perfect until then. Exposed. I know. It's 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 one thing that I would say I'm not good with. I can have a whole lolly table in front of me. I could have, you know, whatever kind of things that would usually tempt people. It, it, I can sit there and just it doesn't even cross my mind because I just don't enjoy those things. Sleep, I know I need more sleep, but it's really hard. And I think this is a hard thing. Like I have a boyfriend now and we live together and he doesn't have to get up at 4.45 and, you need a, and he does work big hours with his work as well. So finding time in the day for us to spend quality time together is tricky and often that's well, always that's the time that we spend so from it's his dinner fault. onwards. No, I'm kidding. Yes, that's my boyfriend's fault, and I'm fully um, innocent in all of this. No, um, yeah, sleep's one thing I actually have always not been good with. I'm, mm. I'm a great sleeper. I fall asleep like that, and will not move until my alarm goes off. But just, yeah, yeah just yeah, too full right. of beans. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. I'm but that's, like, yeah, that's a typical day. And then yep. Saturdays, I usually get up and do my long run. So yeah, training for a marathon at the moment. So that's now this week up to. Just over two hours. So I'll probably get out about 23 to 25K. And then nice. um, the rest of the day, my boyfriend plays AFL. So we go to his game. And then, yeah, weekends, just like family time, dinner, food, 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 more food. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's kind of my week. So good. Yeah, it's so nice. So much more balance. So much more balance. But I was talking to someone else about this the other day and I couldn't have – that balance or that kind of schedule that I just explained if I hadn't done what I had done for the past six years. Mm. You know, I, I didn't just roll out of school and then be like, mm, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, do this and do that and whatever. It's as a result of the fact that I worked super, super, super hard for six years to then be able to do the things that I now do now. And I also, oh, that's the other thing. I work on my cookbook. I have a second book coming out, which is exciting. So that's another part that makes up my day. Yeah, I'm so glad you touched on that because I think a lot of people could, you know, be listening and be like, cool, 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 I'll have balance. I actually did a podcast on this. Actually, it's not out yet, guys, but it will be out. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled, but it's about how um, sometimes trying to have balance is like actually cock-blocking you from achieving what you want. 100%. Because imagine if back when you were starting, you were like, oh, but I really need to have balance. It's like, but maybe you're not in the season of having that. Maybe you do need to go to the extreme. (laughs) And you went to the extreme. Yeah. And and just send it and and work really hard. 100%. And I think you just – you have to play your cards, like play what's in front of you. And I had the opportunity to really grow my business. I had clients that wanted to be trained. I had opportunities in front of me. I'm not going to sit there and deny them or, de- sorry, not deny them, decline them because, oh, I need, you know, an hour to myself. And I fully take that now. But at the time I had, yeah, I had opportunity upon opportunity in front of me and there was no way that I myself or my parents would let me not take advantage of that and really jump on board and make the most of it. Yeah. And I still would if something came, you know, even kind of we haven't talked about it much, but my where, where sweat came about was super out of the blue and super random. And it was at the end of last year when I was really under the pump with work. There was a lot happening, a lot of cooking events, a lot of this, that and the other. And not that I would have ever declined that offer, but – it really ramped work up for me for the end of the year. And it was super busy and chaotic again. And she had no balance. And I had no, no, but I didn't have any balance at that time. But that, but that was what I needed to do at the time. Mm. And I'm so grateful that I did. And it was a, you know, a couple of months of just a bit of chaotic scheduling and this, that, and the other and trips here and there. But 
yeah, you just do what you have to do to make things work at that time. And now I can sit here and we're in a really great routine with Swan, a great schedule and things just kind of flow. But I needed to go through that really kind of crazy chaotic period of onboarding with a new company and doing all that kind of stuff to make it now what it is, what it is and have multiple programs with them. And you can almost sit back a little bit and just engage with your community which is super fun and I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. So let's let's speak about sweat. How about did they reach out to you, if if we're allowed to know? Yeah, no, no, we can talk about okay. it. Um, Kayla FaceTimed me. Stop. Yeah, out of the blue. Oh, wait, did, so you had each other's numbers? No. Wait, so how did she FaceTime you? She got my number, so through a mutual friend, um, Cass. So Cass was a trainer with sweat. Yep. And she the was also – Cairns. Yes. She's a weapon. She's – a machine. A like, weapon is a weapon is an understanding. That woman is <laughs> superwoman. She is she incredible. Really is. Um she I met her through another good friend of mine, Morgan. And we had been to Morgan's hands and had Morgan's wedding together. And then I went and worked in Bali on Morgan and Cass did a fitness retreat together. Nice. And I went and worked on it. So I became quite good friends with Cass. And Cass also at the time was a sweat trainer. And I had bumped into Kayla sporadically a few times in the hotel, but no more than, hi, how are you? Ba-da-da-da-da, nothing much really. And I'd funnily enough just bumped into her the day before I left to go to Bali to work on that retreat. And I came, I was in a rush and came barging out of the lifts and her and her partner Jay were standing right there. And she said, oh, Katie, because we I think at this point she'd follow me on Instagram. And we had like, a few oh like, oh my God. Yeah, I was like, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> we'd had a few, you know, very surface level kind of exchange of DMs. And she said to me when I jumped out there, she said, oh, funny, I see I've um, bummed into you. I was just speaking to some people about you. I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's a really odd comment to receive. But, oh, okay, well, I hope good things. She's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry I have to run, but I've got a client, but I'll chat to you later. Enjoy your stay. See you later. And that was it. Went to went to Bali for the week, worked with Cass. The day I got um, back from Bali, Cass said to me, do you mind if I give your number to someone? At the time I was single, I was thinking, I was thinking yeah, you can give my number to a boy. No problem. Are you setting me up? I was like, no problem. <laughs> Let's do this. Anyway, half an hour later, I get a FaceTime from a random number. And I didn't I didn't put two and two together. I just it was a random number. At Imagine this point, if you were like, go away. Do you know what's, Yeah, literally. Do you know at this point, I, um, I was actually having a meltdown. I'd been in tears that morning to my mom thinking what the heck am I doing with my life wow. do I need to ramp my clients back up like I was having one of those moments I was having one of those days yeah, we love those we definitely do not <laughs> anyway and I got a FaceTime and I just thought you know what I'm just gonna take this FaceTime because I'm just having one of those days where I just don't even know what's going on I'm super tired I've been working for a week overseas in the heat like I'm just exhausted took the FaceTime I'm sitting there also in a fresh fake tan <laughs> for those that don't know I hadn't washed it off yet and I'm Looking very odd, very <laughs> odd. And Kayla, and it was Kayla. And she's like, hey. And she knew that I was feeling really uncomfortable. And now knowing her <laughs> as I do, as well as I do now, I think I now think she must have just been loving that because I was evidently in a wet fake tan. What was going through your head? Be like, oh my God. <laughs> I was just thinking, you look like an idiot right now. <laughs> anyway, I just thought, you know what? Shoulders back, chin up be just be you and blame it on the quality of the camera anyway yep. so we had a chat and long story short she just said look we're looking for more trainers I can't this is just kind of a I'm just gauging your interest but would you be keen <laughs> and it's kind of one of those 
Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll think about it. Anyway. But inside you're like, yes, 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 yeah, yes like, sign me up. Yeah, like, yes. Um, I will pay you to take me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and, yeah, one thing led to another. I had a few meetings of sweat, a few calls, and that was end of August, beginning of September that Kayla called me. I signed with sweat beginning of October-ish, beginning of November. I was down in Adelaide filming with them, all of our in-app stuff and my programs. And by December, my program launched. And I think that's the quickest turnaround they've ever had on a trainer. But it was, that's what I mean, like it was busy and it was every day I was in contact with people and I was meeting, okay, this is head of marketing and this is head of this and this is da-da-da-da-da. And then here's your itinerary for a week in Adelaide and it was just like, it was just all over the place and everything I was doing was new. I'd never launched an online program. I'd never worked with an app. I'd never flown f- to do any of this stuff. It, it was all new. So I felt so out of my depths and there was definitely a bit of um, imposter syndrome going on as well, but I was so excited at the same time and it was, I also couldn't tell anyone. I had oh. to sign an NDA. The only person that knew was my boyfriend um, and my parents. And that was it. So then I had to say to my clients, you know, oh, I've just got to go to Adelaide for a week. Next, in a couple of weeks, I won't be here. Can just we a holiday in Adelaide. And they're all sitting there going, <laughs> why the hell would you go to Adelaide? Yeah. And, I'm thinking, and I just, I think I made up some lies saying that I had some clients down there and like for um, social media stuff and I'd been putting it off all year, but I've, you know, managed to put everyone together on the one week. <laughs> they were popular sitting there, they're just thinking – this chick is nuts, but all right. <laughs> anyway, thankfully it wasn't a long time after I was in Adelaide that everything launched and it was all announced, but it was, I still just actually can't believe that it's happened. And I, and the imposter syndrome's kind of gone away and I've definitely had a lot of time to reflect and think, no, you know, you are deserving of this position and you do know your craft inside out, but there, yeah, there are times where you really catch yourself and to be put on a platform with girls like Cass and Kayla and all the other trainers is incredible. It is honest. And I, I was talking to my parents about this the other day that as a personal trainer in the fitness industry, it's very different to the corporate world where, you know, you work the corporate ladder and you, you might make partner and then this and that and you, you watch yourself progress and you get promotions regularly and those sorts of things and you can see your professional career go from you know a uni student to you know when you retire and you watch that grow and yes being a business owner you can watch certain businesses grow but there's no real you know yeah corporate ladder that you scale being in the fitness industry and to kind of have all those years of hard work pay off and to be put on that kind of global scale was really really cool because I think yeah it's far and few between that you see other brands recognize you when you're on your own business mm. that makes sense mm. so that was really cool but yeah it, it all came down to a FaceTime that is wild mm. wild <laughs> so but it, it's funny and I, I often sit there and I say to people and they must say oh you're so goal driven you're so this and that and you, you it picks you as that person because I'm a little bit OCD <laughs> um, very but they go, oh, I would picture you to have, you know, your big whiteboard with your um, one-month, three-month plans and your year plan and your five-year goals and this and that and you've got it all planned out because I'm that kind of person. I said, I 
currently, except for running a marathon, do not have a single goal in mind. <laughs> no, like I really don't. And I've never had goals. Like yeah. never had like really big overarching goals. I've had, you know, certain kind of, oh, I'd like to, you know, live a certain kind of lifestyle. or I'd like to go on a holiday here or these sorts of things. But I've never been like, okay, I want to see X amount to my bank account or I want to have this or whatever. And I've got this whole idea that if you are almost too goal driven, you put your blinkers onto anything that could be, you know, an opportunity. The site kind of like how you were saying that you end up cock cock blocking yourself when you try and find that balance too much, and you you know ignoring opportunities around you. And I I feel the same way, but with goals. And yes, I have the goal of helping as many people as possible, and I can now fortunately do that by being on this app and being on a global scale, but. You know, if if I sat there and thought, because at the time my activewear was still a thing, if I sat there and thought, no, no, I set this goal that I was going to sell X amounts of pieces in my activewear and I was going to do move this many units to this and that and, you know, I've had this opportunity come up to work on an online app, but that's not a part of my goals. Like, oh, that's like that's not a goal of mine right now. Do you shut yourself off to great opportunities? And I sometimes think a sideways step is a step forward. And you don't know that, you know, in five years down the track, if I wanted to relaunch my activewear, what that might then look like. So I think sometimes having two defined goals can also limit you. No, I 100% I don't know. Do, does, that make, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And, like, I have loose goals as well because, like, Life is so surprising. Like you had no idea in the middle of your breakdown that Kayla was going to call. And had you be like, I need to be here in five years and there in 10 years, this isn't part of my plan. No, thank you. Whereas you were like, this is an amazing opportunity. I'm going to take this. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like this has been your common theme since you left school. You have this really good ability of like exploring, walking down a path and being like, actually, should have walked down that path. Let's walk down that path. And you're just like learning and growing and um, doing what's working and then saying yes opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and I haven't fully mastered this yet, but letting to let go of your ego Mm, and realise that- Yeah, it is really hard and I think the more you share, especially on social media and the way that that's growing, you know, the more you do, the bigger you fall, right? So the more you share kind of I feel in my head and this is something, again, I need to get over, but the more I share, the more I've got to lose or, you know, you have to admit to something that failed and, you know, if you don't share a single thing and you don't tell a single person and it fails, well, the only person that knows is you, right? Mm. So... But yeah, learning to let go of that ego and realizing that not everything is going to work. Most things aren't going to work. I, I watched this snippet of um, the guy who launched Gymshark, and uh, now ben this Francis? is yes, Love. and he, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I think he said something. He tried nine other businesses prior to starting Gymshark, and they all failed miserably. And now wow. look at Gymshark. Wow. So I think you have to remember everybody fails and I have to remind myself this so often but everybody fails and it's good to fail and you need to fail often and you need to fail hard and you need to do it a lot and from that I've learned a lot of things and I've had because certain things have failed other opportunities have come about you know my mom's always said to me when one door shuts another one opens and she couldn't be more true but yes I was lying on my floor hyperventilating crying thinking what is my life and then Kayla (laughs) called me (laughs) And then one, so yeah, one door was really <laughs> shutting, another one really opened. But um, huge, yeah, that's kind of how that's come about. But it's definitely my career and my personal training 
has never been a linear process, ever. And I would never want anybody to think that. And it is very easy to jump on board someone's social media, especially if you've started following me in the past six months or maybe even eight months. It's so easy to them be like, oh, she's just she's just lucky. Or like this has just come about, like, you know, whatever. And yeah, sure, you, people have luck all the time, but it's never been a linear process. I would never, ever, ever try and, you know, suggest that it has been or that it has been easy. I cry often. I have meltdowns often. I was so stressed when my activewear brand launched that I was losing hair. Like, you know... And I try and keep it as real as possible. But at the same time, people come to my profile to be motivated and to be inspired. And yes, there's an element of keeping it real. But then there's also, you know, I don't want people to feel, like, you know, negative or, you know, walk away from my account feeling a little less inspired. So yeah. I think you have to find that real fine line. But yeah, I could not, I could sit here and do a whole nother podcast with you on all the failures that my businesses have had or all the down times and hard times and all that because it's it's been just as prevalent as all the wins and all the happy points so I just want to make that super clear yeah and thank you because it's it's huge because it can be so tempting to just like share like oh this is where I won but I fully respect people so much more when I hear about all the things that they tried and failed at and like I don't even really think about like it's not failure you know what I mean like your group thing wasn't a failure it was just a redirection but we can use the word yeah oh for sure and we yeah you learn something every time and I don't want to sound like some cliche self-help book but you really (laughs) no you really do like you you learn something every single time from every time you fail every time you try something new and god and I've stuffed up so many times and I've said the wrong thing and I've sent the wrong messages to people and wrong emails and no one's perfect. It happens. You do your best, but, you know, shit happens. Have you had a business coach or anyone help mentor you? I've had n- – not someone that I didn't know prior and that I've had to, say, outrightly pay them and been like, I have now just engaged a business coach. I have probably three three people I'd say that I talk to often one is a guy called Joseph Agresta here in Science of Fitness in Brisbane, an absolute, absolutely incredible gym. He was the first guy that I did my work experience with before I even decided I want to do my personal training course. I then did my hours with him as a personal trainer. I still speak to him every second day. He still trains me. Um, we, it's when we train, it's, he's a great friend. He's a business mentor. It's, I learned something. It's, it's incredible. So he's someone I speak to very regularly about business and he very much helps me in that, um, health space, like the fitness side of it. Um, different exercises, different muscles, injuries, that kind of thing. And obviously business as well. And then I have one brother, Jack, who is, incredible with business and I would say he's probably my closest I have to a business mentor he's the person I went to with how do I deal with this client that's you know not paying me or what how do I deal with this contract or I want to I want to approach this person and have this kind of conversation but how do you do it and how do you talk about money in a tasteful way and all those sorts of things that you just do not learn from a course you have to learn through life experience so I would say he would be my business coach and then my dad. Um, my dad is a barrister, so he's very good on the legal side of things. And a lot of what I do now, pretty much everything I do now, there was a contract first before I do anything. So, mm. um, 
N- not not so much from my end, but when you work with other brands um, or other companies, you always sign on some level, some level of contract and learning so much about how you could really do yourself dirty if you don't read contracts well. Mm. No, not, not that people are out there to do the wrong thing by you, but you need to make sure that you're looking after yourself and protecting, m- most importantly, your um, intellectual property. Mm. And, you know, those sorts of things that I've learned like the hard way sometimes that you'll do work with someone and at the end of it they go, oh, no, that's actually ours now. You have no right over that. Ooh. And it, no, no, nothing on a really large scale that was, you know, detrimental to my business or my brand. But, yeah, having someone that understands those laws a bit more and it's very easy, especially when I was – I remember when I went to leave my first job when I was six or oh, 17, I had a client. I quit. I left. And I had some clients, you know, of mine and I, I didn't make any contact with them. I, I think I said to them, look, I'm leaving. Thank you so much. This train will be taking over. Just like the general, you know, tidying things up before I left. But never told them what I was doing. I just said I'm not working there anymore. Through social media, people aren't silly. They realized what I was doing. I was a trainer. I was working for myself. And I had a few people message me saying, can I come train with you? And I mean, who are you to say, no, you can't because I trained you elsewhere. And I've said, well, you've come on your own accord. You would like to be trained by me. I've never once suggested that you do or do not say at the other gym. Maybe they still did train there. And I received a legal letter, long story short, pretty much my um, old people that I was contracted to tried to sue me. Oh, my God. Yeah, because these these people had left and wanted to train with me. And, yes, 100% if I had poached them and said, I'm leaving, you need to come with me. Da da, da 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 Sure, I did the wrong thing, but I hadn't. Mm. And I remember going to my dad and saying, like, oh, my God, I've just received this letter. Like, this is freaking me out. Like, at 17, you don't expect to see those words or those kinds of letters. And, yeah, to have someone in my corner that could explain, the, you know, not just reply for me and go, okay, yep, sort of done. It was, no, you need to sit down. You need to understand these laws. You need to go through this. And, again, something you do not learn unless you really study law yourself. So I'd say those three people have been – yeah, pivotal key players in terms of my business growth and success. And not to mention then the copious amounts of people that have supported me emotionally and those kinds of things. But yeah. Yeah. Those huge. three. Yeah. But I think business coaches are invaluable. Mm, mm. Absolutely invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you've probably learned so much from your experience as well. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's nothing like just going, making a mistake, learning from it going again tomorrow yeah there's nothing better than just doing yeah yeah you can and you can read a book and you can read a textbook and you can do all these things but you just have to try it for yourself a hundred percent yeah I always say like I learned more in a year of helping my friend run his coffee business than like three years at uni (laughs) studying business yeah I'm like I like way more isn't it crazy yeah and there's there's just so much you don't learn like how do you deal with a disgruntled customer there's no they don't teach that at uni you know, they don't have the book being like they said this now go here they said that now go here it is just like it's all over the place it's yeah anyway wow. so your social yes. media it's definitely grown since yes. uh i first started following you now you have like do you have like thirty thousand or something something yeah just just over thirty thousand. yeah some something big like yeah. that um what is that like kind of being in the limelight because that's a considerable amount of people like that's a lot yeah see I sit there and this is this is where I need to stop but I sit there and go oh but Kayla for example she's got 15.1 million 
I did see that today. Yes. So, you know, there's <laughs> things like that where my little humble 30,000 followers and I are just plotting along. But it is, it is, it is fantastic. And I am so grateful for every single one of those people that do engage and do follow what I share. Um, yeah. No, I, I get what you mean though, but I think – if you're thinking like that, just put it in context. A context. Imagine if you were in a stadium and thirty thousand people were listening to you speak on stage. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Wouldn't you be like, "Oh my god"? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That is that is pretty wild. Um, no, it's been great, and I think I haven't had a moment where I mean, I don't think thirty thousand, like I said, is necessarily like a massive, massive number. So I haven't had that moment where I was like, "Oh my god," I went viral on this video on my Instagram blew up and it changed overnight. It's been a very, very gradual increase. So I don't feel like I've ever had, you know, this big life-changing kind of overnight experience. I think it's been really nice and I've had people like yourself that have followed from the very early stages that I still engage with and I hand on my heart unless I accidentally miss one reply to every single message and engage try and talk back to every single person that comments or replies or whatever so yeah it's a big it's a really it's a really really nice thing that you can connect with people and I think since also working with sweat most of their or not most but a large chunk of their demographic is actually in the northern hemisphere so I notice that I wake up in the morning to a lot more than I do like throughout the day from people in Australia. Mm. So that's been really amazing and having that reach beyond, you know, the people that kind of know me when you walk, you know, around your local neighbourhood and where you grew up, um, having that reach to people that you otherwise wouldn't have had any contact with ever is really incredible. I think that's social media as a whole, but yeah, yeah being able to reach people all around the world is amazing. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even explain what sweat is, but what's sweat? Sweat is sweat is a sweat is a fitness app. It is founded by Kayla at Cenas, um, and it has all female trainers. It is a predominantly female based app, um, and they are yeah worldwide on a massive scale. And they've got they have Kayla, myself, Kelsey Wells, Britt as our main trainers, I believe. Yes, because Cass and Chantel have just left. And then they have a few other um, trainers and old trainers programs still live on the app that anyone can use at any time. But yeah, it's a, it's a global fitness app and we engage and work with thousands of women on a daily basis. It's absolutely incredible. It's huge. This app is huge. And I was looking at, because like I'm a little business nerd, mm. I love to know the, the figures and I was looking yeah. it up this morning and they make millions. So the yeah. amount of users they must have. Yeah, they've, they've got, I think from my understanding, they have a crazy amount of users. But I remember when I was 14, I remember I was doing my work experience with my mentor, Joey, and I had Kayla's Bikini Body Guide printed out. Oh, my God, I had yeah. that. I feel like every girl that was born yeah, <laughs> before, I don't know, before 2005 had that book. And I had printed out the bulldog clip and I was doing it in my lunch break. And Joe said to me, what are you doing? What program are you doing? And I showed him and said, oh, it's got good Kayla and I'm going to get a bikini. I was 14 or 15. I was like, I'm going to get my bikini body. And <laughs> he was just shaking his head at me going, oh, okay, whatever, like keep going. You know, and he was very much trying to just get me. He was training predominantly men. So th there was a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah. Anyway, and yeah, I remember I just was obsessed with Kayla and I would sit there and watch her videos of her going and training 
um, going to big fitness expos over in Dubai and all around the world and there would be thousands of women. And yes, of course, that kind of craze was amazing. But I remember sitting there thinking, she is impacting thousands of women in one event. Like that is just mental. And yeah, fast forward however many years, you know, we chat regularly. She's just one of the most genuine down-to-earth people I've ever met. And she is what she's done for the fitness industry is incredible. So all credit to her. But yeah, she's a really, really good chick. That's such a huge moment that you like were doing her courses what at 15. Yeah. And now you're one of the trainers. And now nine years later, here we are. Wild. Yeah, super wild. But it, it's still, it just feels, I, it, my day-to-day just has not changed at all. I have a few, you know, different phone calls I make throughout the day to the team and we plan different things. But it's, I think when you work on things year after year, day after day, it just, yeah, it happens gradually over time. It feels yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you had a day or two down on the Goldie, didn't you? Yeah, Filming for Sweat? Yes. Yeah. So what did that day kind of look like? I can't yet announce what it was for, but it was pretty much a social content day. So we have, when I go down to Adelaide, we film in-app stuff, which is what you see on the app. Like if you're following my program, there'll be, say it's a back squat there'll be a live demo of me doing a back squat. But we film it in a very controlled environment, white background, I wear black. Um, you almost have to – not almost, you have to do it perfectly. You have to start and finish in the same position because they how they um, put it into the app, it has to work perfectly. So when I go down to Adelaide, when we do that, that's like all in-app stuff and it's done so many cameras, so many different angles. It's a whole intimidating? Yeah, I oh, I was so nervous. I remember when I when I first went down to Adelaide, then I flew down and they put me in a hotel and I had Ubers and it was it was mental. And I remember calling my boyfriend just sitting there in the hotel room the night before. So I flew down in the afternoon and I'd start filming the next morning and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. And he said, you have to sleep otherwise you're going to be a basket case tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But it was just, I was so nervous and I don't get nervous. I can speak. I love public speaking. I can get up and speak in a huge crowd of people. I don't get nervous, but I was really, I just didn't know what to expect. I think that's what it was. And I, I mean, within 10 minutes of meeting the team, when I was sitting in hair and makeup, I thought, oh, my God, these are the best people ever. This is so oh, nice. It was, I think I just made it all, as we all do, make it so much bigger in your head. Of course. But, um, yes, yeah, so we, we, when I'm in Adelaide, we do all the in-app stuff. So then we try and do some more of the social media and the fun stuff that everyone sees um, from either my Instagram or Sweats a um, bit more locally because, obviously, I don't need to be in Adelaide to do that. And we have incredible um, videographers and photographers up here. So, yeah, it was just social media, fun content, um, shooting campaign videos, headshot like, – not headshots, but like kind of the – what they call a hero image for um, different projects we're working on. So it's no secret that there's more and new stuff coming out, but I just can't touch on what that is yet. Yeah, no, that's, but that's fine. Not, it's like it's going to be a really big year. So yeah. keep an eye out. We love that. And are they big days on set? Yeah. They're, so that was last Thursday, hair and makeup. Turned up to my apartment in Brisbane at 4.50 in the morning. They came to you? Yeah, they came to me, which was fantastic. I know, it was so nice. And then um, 4.50 and then I was in the car by 6.30 a.m. and then I had to drive to the Gold Coast and then we started shooting, maybe it was a little bit later. 
maybe seven. Oh, yeah. We started shooting at eight and then I remember getting in the car to drive home at about 6 p.m. Jesus. Yeah, so they're big days. But they're super fun. Oh, I can like it's, it's, it's not It's not like I'm sitting behind an office desk all day or, you know, so, some days are definitely harder than others. It depends what we're filming for. If I'm having to film like workout after workout after workout, of course you're exhausted, but – you get you get home and you're tired, but you're just because you've been so on it. Katie, can you stand here and do this photo? Okay, we've got this plan, and they're they're super organized and they're ready to rumble. But they're just big days. Like you're on your feet, you don't sit down at all. I mean, you do. They give you very generous lunch breaks, and if I need a break at any time, they're more than happy for me to take a break. I I'm usually the one that's like, okay, guys, what's next? Yeah, yeah what's yeah. next? Let's keep going. Let's get more. Let's get more. And I really want to capitalize on that time that we do have together. But they're an incredibly run business and I've I've loved that side of it also so much. Mm. Like I'm such a business nerd myself and mm. I, I love the you know, the fun part of, yeah, you get your photos and all this and the other, but watching how a business on that scale that's actually now owned in the US, so it's Australian founded but owned in the US now, so watching how that all translates and what that means for us and what laws, how the laws are different over there and the claims yeah. that we can and cannot make. It's, it's very interesting. So I've really loved working with them from the business side of it as well. Yeah. Because I think, and I'm not sure if this source is actually credible, but I read somewhere online that the app got bought for like 400 million, something crazy like that. I can't, I don't want to like definitely confirm that because yeah. I don't know for sure, but yep. I think it's something ridiculous. It's something like around that. there, but don't quote us. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quoting it, but like, I think it's something. Like it's a huge, very, very, yeah. very successful app. Mm, yeah. Huge app. So Yeah. It's but again, and kind of coming back to that original theme of yes, it's fantastic to be on an app that can, you know, service so many women, and you're on this platform and this and that and the other. But at the core of it, I now get so much satisfaction out of it because I can help women, and yeah. that is and 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 men. Um, if they like, it's not exclusively women, yeah. but it is predominantly yeah. women. I at the core, yeah, at the core of it, I am just helping women whether that's making their day just that little bit better because they've had a crappy day at work or, you know, really contributing to helping them hit their goals or get them back into a good routine post-COVID with their training. Yeah, at the core of it, sure, I'm on some really glamorous, you know, huge app, but it's just me, 16-year-old me, still doing what made me happy in the first place and made me get into the industry in the first place, which was just helping people be that little bit better every day. Oh, that's that's really, uh-huh. and I know it sounds very like, oh God, how many times did you recite that one? In no, the mirror, no, no, but no, it's beautiful. It's it truly that's just what it is for me. Yeah, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you, you basically <laughs> spit it out. Come in on, in my head, I'm like, basically, Han Montana, you get the best of both worlds. You get in the, the best, best of both worlds. Good okay, yep. TV show. Can't I watched the movie the other day. Not for the first time. Oh, I was like, okay, what rock have you been under? (laughs) No, but in the sense that you say that um, one-on-one really fulfills you, Mm. but then you also want to have this impact. So it's like you still get to do your one-on-one and then you get to also help people all around the world. Yeah, but do you know what I feel like? And I think that like some of the feedback I've had from the sweat community is that they still feel like they have that one-on-one experience with me. Because when you go into the app, it's actually really creepy. Well, I find it creepy. You go into the app and you do my workout and we had to do, we did a whole day of voiceovers in Adelaide. So you can go in and I'll say, back squat, 12 reps, 
keep going. You're doing great. And like I talk to them throughout the app and I list off the exercises and I can count down reps. And so people go, I can hear your voice. It's not some automated voice. It's your voice. It's the way you speak. I'm watching you do it next to me. I'm watching you demo it. I'm You're giving me all the cueing techniques and the pointers. It feels like this program's designed for me because you can also jump in and say, okay, I can sub out that exercise because for whatever reason, it's too hard. It's too easy. Don't have the equipment. Yep. Don't have the equipment. So they go, I end up with this super personalized program that I feel like you wrote for me. You're talking to me. You're encouraging me. And then they get to talk to me because they get to, you know, message me on Instagram and or through the sweat forum. And we have this really great community. So it's, it's funny because it's still that one-on-one experience. It's really odd. Yeah. It's, it's been really great in that sense. Yeah. Well, I was, I was doing that. I was doing your program and it, it mm. is that intimate. It really is. Yeah. And you're like, keep going. I'm like, okay, I will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny when they were, when we were filming and we're doing all the voiceovers, they were saying, you know, what would you what would you usually say to your clients to keep them going? And I said, oh, God, I don't think you want me to record that. <laughs> so, yes. They were like, be nice. Like, yeah, okay. like, be nice. Because I'm saying, go, go harder, come on. And like, okay, don't know if we can really record that one. No. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, like a little less, do less. <laughs> um, the last thing I would yes. like to touch on is your healthy habits and yes. also your gut health because I've heard about your gut yep. journey through your Instagram. We mm-hmm. love a bit of bone broth. We love a bone broth. We love a bone broth. I have it every single morning. I promote Such it. Such a game changer. Seriously game changer. So what are some of the healthy habits in your life that are like non-negotiables? They're happening every day or every week. Okay. I would say bone broth on a daily basis. If you don't know what it is, just you're Google it. Out. Yeah. You're missing out. It is phenomenal. Gut health is everything. So I have bone broth daily. I sauna and ice. So I do like a sauna session and then I do some contrast therapy. So going between uh, a cold bath that sits at about 10 degrees and then a hot bath and alternate for a bit. Try and do that realistically twice a week. Um, I do get in the saunas probably every day because I have one in my apartment. The cold bath I don't. So yeah, bone broth daily, saunas daily, the contrast therapy twice a week. And then I find some level of movement every day, um, whether that's meditation, yoga, all the way through to a 25K run, whatever it might be and whatever my body needs that day. And then I would say I really am huge with my food. So I nourish my body and I, for the most part, don't eat processed foods. And I know people, I'm all about balance and just – you know, you don't need to be hectically one way or the other, but I genuinely just do not enjoy eating highly processed foods and how it makes my body feel and how it makes my body or not make my body perform how I want it to. So that's what I would say my daily habits. I also wear, and I feel like people don't touch on this enough, I wear SPF on my face every day. Sun safety. Sun safety because it's just the little bits. Like I don't – I'm not working outside – all day, every day, but I still do walk to and from work. I'm in my car. You still get UV rays through your windows, especially in Queensland, in Australia. The sun is so intense. So that is something I don't feel like gets touched on enough, but I, yeah, I wear SPF every day. I thought you were about to say, and I wear a cute outfit. <laughs> and I wear a really cute outfit. And she does that too. <laughs> I do do that too, but you know, I am um, SPF daily. That's something I would say I do. That is a healthy habit. Mm, that is a healthy habit. Mm. Sounds like great healthy habits. Oh, and my 
Oh, and my most recent kind of, I get really obsessive over different things, and my current one is electrolytes and their oh. importance and the importance of salt in your diet and especially after getting into my longer running and really and it's been so hot here in Queensland like you're so dehydrated and that drinking a water drinking water isn't necessarily enough mm. and when you're constantly drinking water you are actually you know you go to the toilet a lot more and you're losing really important salts that really help dictate your hormone function and their production and all those sorts of things anyway that's a whole nother rabbit hole but electrolytes that's something I drink daily right do you have mm. any good brands because some of them are filled with yeah a lot of them are there's one brand I'm sure there's more but the one brand that I really like is called element but it's spelt l-m-n-t oh cool eh? yeah very cool very funky <laughs> um it's from the states uh you can order them you just it takes like maybe two weeks to arrive um they're amazing and, and that I has electrolytes and salt. Yeah, yeah electro- it's um, sodium, magnesium and potassium. And that's pretty much it in the salt. And I just pop it in my water. I have a chocolate flavoured one and it's just their only extra additive is cacao. So it's super clean. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really, really clean because I'm super particular about supplements and things that I put in my body. Um, and I have one of those every day. And I feel like it makes the world of difference. I don't, and I... For a lot, bunch of reasons why I'm not getting sore from all my running, but I think because my muscles are recovering and I'm hydrating properly. Mm. It's a huge thing. Do you have that post run or you'll just sip on it throughout the day? I just have one a day. Usually post run. Like I um because I usually run early in the morning, so I'll always have one usually post run, just to make sure I'm really hydrating and giving my body the best chance to recover. Yeah, yeah, because mm. it's long kilometers. Yeah. But you just yeah, beyond the fact that you're actually exerting yourself, how much water gets like how dehydrated you get just from being in the Queensland summer. Mm-hmm. It's it's next level. It is. As my lips are dry. L- just thinking. Oh my, god, my lips are so, my lips are sunburned from being in the Queensland <laughs> heat. But um, you. Can, I mean, we're both sitting here in long tops, but but the aircon's on. The aircon's on, and it is finally starting to cool down. But it has been. I I mean, I think we said this every so year, hot. but it has been an obscenely hot summer. Yeah, literally. Like I'll be walking, and it's like seven a.m., and I'm just like dripping in sweat, getting sunburned. Yeah, and I'm like what. <laughs> Not today. My poor boyfriend, he's moved up from um, Sydney. He's from Sydney and he's moved up. And he turned to me the other day, this is probably about a week ago, and said to me, does this place ever cool down? (laughs) As he's sitting there, he's just walked home from work at 6 p.m. at night, two streets away, not far, (laughs) dripping in sweat. And he said, does this place ever cool down? Nope. I'm like, yeah, we have that one day where it drops below 20 and then we're right back up there again. But no, it's I do love Queensland and the beach is amazing, but some days are a bit oh, Literally. But that, yeah, they would be my healthy habits. What about you? What are your healthy habits? Ooh. Yeah, I want to know. Um, healthy habits. I would say a little journal and meditation. Mm. Love that. I have five for myself in the mirror quite a bit. It's yep. more like a, you got this, but it's not, it's not just saying affirmations. It's more like a feeling yeah. of encouragement. Yep. Um, movement, definitely. Mm. Healthy foods, all of that. I get what yeah. you mean by like, yes, balance is good, but like I just don't really crave yeah. the un not unhealthy but less nutritious food, you know? Yeah. Um, I get that. Like Yeah, yeah. I just I think also, I mean, again, you can go into another full rabbit hole with this, but as you improve your gut health and you improve your gut biome, your palate changes and what you crave changes so i know if i go through a period where i'm eating you know out a lot more often and i'm eating more highly processed foods you continue to crave that 
Mm. But when you, for the most part, eat a whole foods-based diet that's rich in fiber and you're getting your veggies in and your protein and all those sorts of things, your body actually doesn't crave it. Yeah, Because that's just not how your biome is built. Yeah. On yeah. a very basic way. But yeah, yeah. I love that. But um, That's why I like tr- crave tuna and rice. I'm like, why am I so lame? <laughs> it's so good. It's Although so I've recently good. swapped to salmon because of the mercury and tuna girlfriend. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a very That's sad That's why like, I'll have, I have tuna as like a treat. Isn't that sad? Tuna is a treat. Yeah, I, I eat carrots like they're lollipops. <laughs> that's my. That's actually my sick obsession. I buy the odd bunch bag. Yeah, so cheap. Because, yeah, so cheap because I'll eat two bags a week of raw <laughs> carrots. A horse? I think at this point. <laughs> I just really like them. I'm sure if I did some deeper researching in, as to why research into why I'm craving carrots, there would be some level of nutrient deficiency or something that suggests if you're craving this, you have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're if you're smart. craving, if you're craving chocolate a lot beyond the sugar part, like if you're craving cacao, your body's quite often um, depleted in magnesium. I think so it is. Again, smart. don't quote me on that. But there's different things that they say. If you're craving this, it's often this. Yeah, that's why I listen to your body. Got to listen to your body. It's a lot smarter than we are. Oh, we know. So we actually know too much. Like we've over. No, we 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 read a lot and we educate ourselves on things. But at the end of the day, our body knows best. Yeah. And that's what I say to a lot of people, like a lot of my clients. Think about a toddler. Think about how a toddler eats. They stop when they, they, they cry when they're hungry. They stop when they're full. You know, they will, they will often push away certain foods that they don't like and they'll eat once that they do. And maybe on a deeper level, they actually, their body doesn't agree with that food. Mm. Maybe they're just being picky. Sure. That's a, got a huge part with it. But yeah, kind of think like, think like a toddler. Think like a toddler. Have a nap when you need it. Oh. Regularly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last healthy habit I will say. Yes. Is making sure I implement connection throughout the week. Because I feel like it's so easy to get like caught up in like yeah. doing lots. And then you're like, wait, have I sat down and had like proper good connections with friends? So it's like making sure I implement that. That's that's really that it's in. really interesting you say that because Jack and I got home from the coast last night from our long weekend it's just been the easter weekend here and we were at the the gold coast each weekend um for the weekend and we were surfing and there was a lot of family time and a lot of big um uh lunches and dinners where we all sat down at table like at a table phones away conversations some drinks great food and i got home last night and i said to him i've never i haven't felt that present for that long in such a long time and i feel so good for it because you know we get so so often you're eating at the table with your phone out or the TV's running or you're eating by yourself or this or that. And I said, you know, even surfing, your head can't be elsewhere because you'll get dumped by a wave. You know, you're sitting there and especially me, I'm a full rookie. So I'm really thinking in the surf about the next wave that's coming. Oh, I know I'm, exactly what you mean. <laughs> on. But, you know, and I just walked away thinking I feel so so like my cup is so full from being just so present all weekend and having such a sense of connection over that you know long weekend that was so family orientated yeah yeah and you're like your heart just feels so full yeah yeah so full so So sunburnt and so full (laughs) sunburnt clearly that clearly that spf didn't go further than my face yeah, we need to work on that. Um, need to work on that. But yeah, no, I think connection is very, very important. Especially because yeah. I feel like I'm in my building phase in life. And so I'm mm. like, I'm just so like disgustingly like, 
all I want to do is just like work on this and then like you know social things I'm like eh. but now I'm like no you have to implement little bits of that because well you realize that when you important. do that it actually makes your work that much more productive and that much better yeah because your heart feels full and you're yeah happy. well you're also just not running at 60 percent all the time yeah yeah you're doing really productive work yeah rather than being distracted hell's el- head, uh, heads elsewhere working and that, and that's the trap I fell into back in you know when I was talking about the peak of my personal training is you know when I was trying to work on other projects outside of my personal training how productive I was being not productive that's the only mm-hmm. answer like not productive because I was trying to do all too much I was spreading myself way too thin and I just wasn't resting yeah yeah or connecting you know mm-hmm. whatever whatever it is that makes you feel full again yeah no, that's that's good to hear. Mm. You're like further along in your journey, so it's nice. Yeah, hearing that. Yeah, but you know, then there's the next person that's further along than me. Everyone's just doing their own thing. Doing their own thing, doing their own thing. So exactly. I'm really liking the Burt Crooks. Oh my god, they're the best. They are so comfy. I'm such a dog, and I love them. <laughs> also, not because I've like lost multiple toenails in this marathon running. Oh, yeah. So we have to cover the toes in a comfortable manner. <laughs> You're In welcome. a fashionable manner. I know. So, um, yes, that is these. But they're very comfy and I got them for my birthday. So I'm just loving them. Oh. But I'm still breaking them in. You know when you get Birkenstocks and they're just, yeah, they're not quite mine yet. Yeah. Because my, I'm not fully indented. But we'll get yeah. there. You will. You will. I will. Thank you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Knowledge. Um, We always finish with the fast five. Oh, goodness. So I'll ask you okay. five questions. And it's whatever... <laughs> Let's do it. Whatever comes to your mind the quickest. Sure. Okay. What is your absolute go-to favorite meal? Steak and salad. Nice. Yeah. Steak and salad. Dude, how you cook your steak looks so good. Mm, Pretty good at it because I eat it three times a week. Mm. Mm. Love it. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? The worst they can say is no. Mm. Slash. Very, they're both from my mum. The worst I can say is no. And if you don't back yourself, no one else will. Mm. Yep. Okay. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Don't start an active work company. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Who said that? Not kidding. Yeah. No. We're, we're not going down there. Sorry. Um, but whoever they are, they apologized. Oh. Yeah. That would have I got an apology. Nice, good. You deserve mm. that. Okay, what has been the absolute? Oh, I think I already know this, but what has been the absolute like highlight of your career? Sweat. Yeah, yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Okay. Fail. Uh, I'm not sure. <gasps> also, but I'm gonna throw a fan in the works. Yeah. Um, when I launched my cookbook, yeah, that was pretty cool, and I got to do a cooking event with my mum. So we the one I was at. Yes, it was. That was that so was that good. was a really big moment, and it was just incredible. I did a cooking event um, with one of the bookstores that. Oh, sorry, yeah, bookstore that owned uh, that. Sorry, was selling my cookbook, and they had a kitchen downstairs, and we did a forty-five person ticketed cooking class on a Sunday morning, and it was, and I did it with my mom, and she's who taught me how to cook, and it was amazing. It was, and you guys together were hilarious. Oh my, my mom, she was throwing so mad oh, banter. She, she, I'm like, I have to fully brief her. I'm like, you can't say this. You can't say that. Mom, come on. I'm like kicking her under the table. I'm like, I just dropped a spoon. I like dropped down behind the counter, like hitting her in the shin. 
Oh no, I love anyway, love, love mum. But yeah, that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, sweat for sure. Also, if your mum is listening to this, I'd just like to say thank you for the tip. She said when you're you know making scrambled eggs or whatever, and you're whipping it in the bowl and you tip it out. Yeah. When you're cleaning your bowl, always turn on the cold tap, rinse it out first, then put on the hot tap because otherwise, if you put on the hot tap, it, it will like cook egg. it on it. And I do that every time. And I'm like, is your mum called Ange? Or something? Yeah, I'm Ange. like Ange. <laughs> you go. I'll tell her, and I'll make sure now she has to listen to this yeah. podcast as well. She's a little bit special with the technology, but I'll make sure she gets there. <laughs> I love that, parents. Okay, I think we're on to the fifth question. Actually, I'm going to ask you one more. Yeah, uh, like two more. Okay, what's your favorite place to like learn? Like whether it's a certain podcast or a book or where where do you like to learn? Or YouTube? Yeah, I do love YouTube. I'm a bit <sighs> of a YouTuber. Yep. It it depends what it is. If it's a very com not complicated, but you know, a bit more science based. Maybe it's a thing about my gut or whatever. Obviously, a proper published article. Yeah. But if it's something really quick about what new runners I should buy, probably TikTok. Because people <laughs> – but it's so it's so unregulated and so unfiltered that people post whatever they want and they post regularly and you have the average Joe all the way through to the elite athlete talking about runners. So I can get a really well-rounded opinion. But really, the people that are only publishing on YouTube or maybe a blog about running shoes are expert runners. Oh. So I find you kind of get the best of, you know. Best of both worlds. Yeah, best Hello, of both worlds. <laughs> Hello, you get the best. Anyway, <laughs> won't go down that path again. But, um, yeah, I would say depending on what it is, if I need like an instant, okay, I need some recipe inspo or I need this or that, probably TikTok because it's there's so much content on there. It's ridiculous. Mm. But then if it's something a lot more in-depth, YouTube slash like properly published literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on what it is. Love that. Yeah. Okay. The last question I have for you is mm. if you could embed a habit or a mindset into the listener's ears um, to have a really good, healthy lifestyle or actually just anything to thrive, what would be that habit or mindset? It would be a mindset and it would be don't let the idea of perfect get in the way of good. So don't let the idea that everything has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Be good 80% of the time. Try not to strive for perfection because no one is perfect and it's not attainable and it's not definitely not sustainable. Huge. So go for good. If each day you did a good job at eating well and working out and practicing mindfulness, that is so much better than being perfect one or two days a week and then shocking for the rest. Mm. Yeah, don't let the idea of perfect get in the way of good. And drink bone broth daily. Yeah. One of my vegan friends was like, is there a substitute? I was like, no, it is literally like, <laughs> oh my gosh, one of, one of my, um, one of my um, very close friends actually said to me, and she still reminds me, I put up a question box on my Instagram saying, you know, ask away questions. And someone said, I'm a vegan. What's the vegan alternative to bone broth? And I, if anyone's watched my question boxes, depending on what kind of mood, I mean, I can get a little bit blunt with my answers. <laughs> and I think I'm, a, I'm, Definitely remember I put up and I said, there is no such thing as carrot broth. It is bone <laughs> broth. The last time I checked, carrots don't have bones. And I was just so – but I I was just trying to explain it in a very, you know, plain, blasé kind of just like this is just what it is. There's no other way around it. And my friend just still thinks it's the funniest thing I've ever put on my Instagram. <laughs> she just said it was – she said I just sat there and laughed. She's like, and then I'm picturing a carrot with bones. But she's like, it is bone broth. So, yeah, sorry to my um my vegan friends, but it's 
like the benefit is coming from the well, collagen. From the, yeah, the collagen and the gelatin the that are in the jointy parts of the bones. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so sorry that you're vegan. <laughs> yes, sorry, not sorry. I'm so anti-vegan. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I used to be one, so that's why. Yeah. So you have it. You have a like to stand on. You've had yeah. an educated approach. See, so yeah, I, I don't because I've never tried veganism. <laughs> Don't bother. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, horses for courses, if it works for you, yeah. it works for you. No, some people thrive off it. I'm a full eater. Yeah. I'm a borderline carnival. Oh, I could do the carnival diet. No, I tried it. Really? Yeah, I did it for two weeks as part of my gut healing uh, journey. Protocol, yeah. yeah. It was really good. I felt amazing, but it's fully unsustainable if you want to be social. Oh, 100%. I mean, in saying that, you can definitely go out to like a good steak restaurant and be like, can I just have a steak? Yeah. You know, no one's going to ask you twice, but it, yeah. Yeah. If you're, I was at the time living solo, single, whatever, totally easy. Did it all the time, whatever. Yeah. Not all the time. Like did for those two weeks without a problem, but. Yeah. Like if I could have control all the time, it'd be fine. But I always think like if I can't go to a friend's house and, and be able to easily eat without being an inconvenience, I don't want to do it. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, no, no. We don't want to be an inconvenience. We don't want to be an Anyway, if the people anyway. are like, oh, Katie, you're a vibe. Where can I find you? Where can the people find you? Um, Thank you. <laughs> the best place would probably be my Instagram, which is at Katie M Martin underscore. And then on my website, which is just www.katiemartin.com.au is where you could find my ebook or my hard copy version of my cookbook, um, links to my sweat programs um, and various different resources, discount codes for different brands, that kind of thing. That's kind of a better hub if you just want really direct answers. But my Instagram is where I update everything daily, almost too much. I get <laughs> messages all the time from people saying, you are always on your Instagram story. So if you like following along on a day-to-day level, that's where you can find me. Yeah. And you'll get really good motivation and discipline and health hacks. So and hopefully love. a few little laughs. Yeah, and and some lols. Mm, and a few lols. Well, I, like, I think I'm pretty funny. <laughs> you are. Don't worry. Thanks. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, feel free to leave a review or share it around to someone who might benefit. If you're feeling like a crazy cat, you can screenshot it and put it on your story and tag us as we'd love to know who is listening and from where. And uh, that's everything. You can uh, tag the podcast. We're on Instagram, Attitudes with Andy, or my personal is andy.bentley underscore. And apart from that, I'll see you guys next week for another episode. Bye.